We have a no fart noises into the microphone rule. I can't. Welcome to Basic Cable. I'm your host, Carly. And I'm Lucas, and I own half of this podcast. We're not going to talk about much of Very Cavalier this week, but that is a Jay Cutler reference. He got a few good moments in this week. We may as well just greatest hits right off the top, telling I, Kristen that he owns half of her business, Common James, as Reagan's mother called it. That came as a surprise to me. Did you know that? I think he just means since we're married, marital property, I own half of it. Oh, no. I took that to mean that like he is a 50, maybe 51% stakeholder in that business Kristen weigh in Kristen friend of the pod is she good friend of the pod we've come out firmly team LC I don't think Kristen's a huge fan how many times do I have to tell you people that while I was team LC I appreciate what Kristen brings to our television What does she bring? We have done nothing but talk about how great her husband, Jay Cutler, is on her own show that has her own name in it. But he wouldn't be funny if she couldn't take the joke. Disagree. Well, she's pretty funny in her own right, too. Sure. They had an argument about at the fish tank this week. Okay, are we getting into that now? I just, I wanted to quickly gloss over it. I didn't want to go into a whole ep recap. Me either. I just want to do my intro where I do a a fun reference that our fans will appreciate. All right, that's the last you're going to hear about Very Cavalry this week because a lot of it was work drama that I don't care to talk about. And not every episode can be a winner. No, but there were some funny moments. We'll leave it at that. I worry there's not going to be enough, Jay, next week because we're following Kristen to L.A. Oh, yeah. No, I... They should have had Jay on the red carpet. But we do see him Emmys. going what to was work. It, the Emmys or the Oscars. the Oscars? But we do see him going into work and saying all of them must have shown up late. Yeah, he's going to crack the whip in her absence. <laughs> so, yeah, there's your very cavalry chit chat for the week. You're welcome. <laughs> Stay tuned. Also, the challenge we're on episode three. We finally got to an elimination episode. Lucas, what do you think of the Armageddon? Oh, I don't understand it at all. Where does it rank on, like, least confusing to most confusing eliminations? With the Gulag being the, like, epic highest, I still don't know how that entire season worked. Well, you know I don't understand how really any game works. That's one of my biggest mental hurdles, is understanding how... Gameplay works, whether it be spades or really any card game that I didn't learn when I was seven years old. I, I, I don't understand any of them. So It's pretty simple. The winner of the challenge... Okay, now I'm struggling to think about how I'll explain it. The winner, of, the winner of that week's challenge has two votes when it comes into voting in the team for an elimination. Take your word for it. The elimination votes are done in secret, so you don't know who voted for whom. <laughs> whom voted for whom? Whom's voted for whom's. 
And then the team that gets voted into the elimination gets to select their own partner from the pool of people that it is revealed voted for them. You lost me. You know I, what? Would it make more sense if a man explained it like TJ? No, you know it wouldn't because I still want to understand it. And I love TJ. And I also love you. Thank you. No, I, I, I just tune out. Like, it doesn't matter. Well, truly, the elimination part is the least compelling part it of any episode. It always has been, yeah. It, al- it hasn't always been, but it has since they moved away from the mono mono physical challenges. Right. When it used to be, you know, Derek versus Wes doing the pole where you couldn't let go. Or like when you like ran into a gully on the opposite side of CT and did like a bull rush head first into the guy in the middle. Those were great. Now it's these separate, you know, kind of race to finish challenges. Yeah, honestly, that's the one weakness of this show and every other similar show is that I really don't care about the activity that leads up to the elimination. It's it's just, who cares? Well, do you care at all about the teams themselves yet? Do you have any sense for which teams are strong, which ones are layups? Unfortunately, CT thinks he's on a layup team because he's got Veronica. Well, he might be right, but... To your larger point, I don't really have a sense for which teams are good and which teams aren't because, A, we don't know a lot of these people. And and this is going to your earlier point of including players that we're not familiar with. It's starting to sort of weigh down the episodes because, yeah, I mean, I don't know the hell Kyle is, but I assume that he and Brad are probably a decent team. I would say the one team that I can with confidence say that I'm pretty high on is Care Marie and Marie. But we don't know what the ultimate gameplay is going to be. So if it's two women on one team, that might ultimately be a disadvantage. We just don't know because they've pulled the rug out on us already as far as the rules go. Speaking of the rules, Redemption House, again, this is like the fifth or fourth season they've had a redemption house they had it in battle of the x's too they've had it for all three of these part of this epic saga why should anyone on that cast be surprised when they see these four people come back to compete to get back on the show well they shouldn't be surprised i mean i i think the redemption house concept is good because if you lose a team like jenna and jemmy in episode one at least there's some way of still maintaining hope that they'll be back or at the very least they're still a part of the show. So I don't necessarily dislike the concept, but you're right. I mean, for them to feign surprise that instead of going to the airport, they're going to yet another nice hotel is disingenuous at the best and very annoying at the worst. Finally, something that I think in our time of dating has not happened on this show Bananas being a romantic politicized player. He's always had a girlfriend or has always smartly not hooked up with cast members. At least on camera. Yes, we know something happened with Nani off season. But by the time they were paired up as exes, he was already with his ex-girlfriend. 
Well, right. Bananas has been in long-term relationships during pretty much the entire reign of his dominance. I mean, early on in challenges, you know, he was... So wouldn't that tell you that his move into starting to hook up with cast members, as he apparently did last season and is now doing this season, is not wise? Yeah, it's a bad look, both... Also, because he's so old. Hey. He's a lot older than a lot of these newer contestants. What's wrong with that? I would be just as grossed out if CT started hooking up with female contestants. Be sweet if he did. Who who would you pick for CT's like main target as far as hookups go? That's the thing. There's just such a generational difference between the guys like CT and Bananas and these new girls that are these new women. <laughs> I I don't see any of them being good. There's no like sweet girls who are good and not crazy the way well why would ct want a sweet good girl that's not his style so pick somebody who's not dm was a very sweet good girl okay that's one example that's who and he liked didn't he like mallory on paris she was she was the she was a dorky good girl she ruled um yeah i don't see i mean i miss I miss the competitors like Jody and Susie and Sarah who were Suze? who were good and beautiful and like funny and smart, but they weren't they weren't like the Kaylas and Jennas who are really sexy and play that up. So I could see Kayla being CT's type. She was the first person my mind went to, but I I don't know. She also has a boyfriend. I told you I thought Cameron and Marie were looking strong. Who do you like? Who are you hang- handicapping? Bananas and Tony since he's on steroids? We haven't seen any indication that that's a performance-enhancing drug rather than just a face-enlarging drug. Mm, I think CT and Veronica could be strong. I, I know think Veronica so doesn't work out, but she knows this game. These challenges are not entirely built on being super physical. No. I mean, as soon as we get into spelling and trivia and stuff like that and puzzles, Veronica might, you know, prove very valuable. I I tend to agree. I think CT and Veronica may be better than CT's initial prediction of a layup for them. Episode four of the challenge airs tonight, so we'll be a little bit behind on talking about this. But always worth a watch. The challenge is America's fifth sport. We're out on baseball. No, we're not. We're... We're we're just not rooting for the Orioles anymore. As if we could recognize this team. I love you, Jonathan and Manny. It's a sad day in our it house. It's a sad day. We'll miss you. You know where I would like to go, Lucas? Where's that, babe? The Lohan Beach House it's in Mykonos. House. It it's actually club. It's a house. It's a club. It's called the Lohan Beach House. It's a terrible name. The show is called the Lohan Beach Club. So, let's defer to the show title so it's a club but i'm going at her i'm going to her beach house to be on the show about her beach club okay i'm gonna have a nice uh, turkey ham and bacon beach house sandwich it's a club <laughs> but <laughs> it's called the beach house the way the soho house is a club but it's called a house okay fine you've wore me down <laughs> I'm too tired to argue this point with you, Miss Soho House. I'm just calling it what it's called. All right. I call it a 
nightmare in the Mediterranean. Let's talk about this 17-second teaser trailer that MTV put out. In my mind, when I heard about this TV show, I thought it would be more like a Keeping Up with the Kardashians, very cavalier, highly produced reality show. How do we know it's not? I mean, we just the got trailer. 17 seconds of it. It was just her, like, smiling creepily into the camera and then yeah, saying two lines. Yeah, which tells me we are on the other end of the spectrum toward the Britney Spears, Kevin Federline chaotic years, where it's probably mostly handheld camera. But that didn't air on MTV. MTV, I don't think, would put that on if it were that low budget. You saw the trailer. It would have a glossy, you know, it, you've, you've watched enough E! lately. To know what their reality shows look like. Yeah, they look pretty good production wise. This is not what that looks like. No. Describe the trailer for the people. Uh, Lilo says something weird into the camera. Cut away. She does like a take where she looks into the camera wearing crazy makeup and looks like Pennywise the Clown. And harsh. then she says another line cut. Yeah. She has three lines. None of which were interesting. No. And there were two different shots of her. So we don't even see her interacting with anyone. We see her sitting in a white bikini and walking around in a black and white shirt. We see a pan from right to left of this beach club back to Lindsay beach house. Right. And then a shot panning left to right. Like, the camera never even moved. It just went back and forth. I have no hopes for this show, but I'm going to watch. Oh, I'm de- we'll definitely watch and stay tuned. We'll we'll talk about it for sure, but it's going to be terrible. And I, I mean, do you feel... What do you feel about Lindsay Lohan? Do you feel bad for her? Do you, like, sort of feel like she's got her comeuppance and now is in line for a comeback? Like, what, what do you feel about her? I don't think she'll ever have a comeback. As far as, like, I don't think she'll ever act again. I don't think so either, because I don't think that, like, her her face could do it. (laughs) She has so much crazy plastic surgery that I don't know that she could be cast as anybody other than a character who's... And she's just checked out. I think she's realized, I don't really want to work. And... She moved to London to get away from Hollywood and her family, presumably. And it seems like she likes it in Europe. Everyone's probably a lot chiller and doesn't bother her the way that they would in L.A. Lindsay Lohan was one of sort of the class where you had your Hillary Duffs and everything like that that seemed like she had the most potential but all of that has petered out, and she's had the least productive career out of many of those girls. All her own fault. Well, yeah, because she she was clearly addicted to drugs for quite a few uh, quite a long time. I don't fault her for that, but I do have some concerns that being the star of a MTV reality show, where essentially I assume you're just doing like a lifestyles with rich and famous in some resort in Greece isn't going to help with that. Lohan Beach Club. Check it out. We'll check it out. We'll tell you whether or not to check it out. We'll we'll check it out so you don't have to. So if it's good, we'll tell you. It's going to be tragic. She's not going to be all there. No, she's clearly not. 
which is part of the problem, which is sort of why I'm a little bit hesitant to watch it because she doesn't seem to be all there, which means that I don't know that she's capable of really absorbing the gravity of now coming back in the spotlight with her own MTV show. But the thing is, she's not even doing press for this. She's not coming back stateside to promote it. She's going to be insulated from whatever reaction the show gets. For MTV to have her as a star of a reality show is somewhat exploitative. We'll see. Maybe I'm wrong. Another show we like to regularly check in on here, Floribama Shore. Sort of like Very Cavalier this week, not a standout episode. No, but it it was had its moments. It was it, there are are we at all surprised to learn that all of Gus's family members are cops? Not at all. Not at all. Do we actually think these people like each other? No. They claim to on Twitter they talk about being a family. It's kind of the thing when you're on one of these reality shows to claim your family and love each other and we'll always be there for each other and no one knows what you went through but you, but that many people with that many different backgrounds and personalities, I don't buy that they would all genuinely like each other. No, I mean, they're all just sort of following the Jersey Shore model where that actually was the case. But, I mean, Party Down South proves that it isn't. Party Down South is the better version of the show. And I don't think that any of those people are friends anymore. I don't get the impression that they are. I never see, you know, Daddy. I gotta do some research on that. Dad, they're still doing Party Down South shorts, so some of them are still friends. Maybe. Do you think Lyle and Santana are still married? No. Do we know that? No. But I hope they are. God bless you, Wild Lyle. Oh. He was the funniest. I loved him. If we can ever get Sally and Salsano on our show, by the way, she's on Bachelor Party this week. If we can ever get her on our show, I'd like to ask her why they keep trying to sell the myth that these shows are happening in the summer when we know for a fact they aren't. Yeah, I don't know what they gain from saying summer rather than spring break. I mean, given you know a place like Panama City's fame as far as spring break goes, why not just lean into being a spring break destination? Probably Panama City Beach doesn't want them to do that because they're trying to move away from being a spring break destination. Who gives a shit what Panama City Beach wants? They they're the ones that are giving you the... Right to film there. You think the mayor of Panama City Beach is telling Sally Ann Salisano that she can't refer to the time of year as the spring no, rather than I'm the summer? Sure, but I know that they're desperately trying to move away from being known as a spring break destination, going so far as to ban spring breakers from coming to the beach. Then move the show. <laughs> move it to Georgia. Have it at Savannah. That'd be great. But the point is, I, I don't think he's dictating what they say, but I think Panama City Beach has probably... You're assuming the Panama City Beach mayor is a he? Yeah, whatever. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have the fucking time today. <laughs> I don't know. I hate it you. Is. Look it up. All right. It's a male. It's Mike. His name's Mike Thomas. All right. He... I don't think he is dictating exactly what's happening on the show... But I do think that there have been limits to where they can go and what they can show because they are trying to stop being known as a spring break town. That seems like a self-defeating 
policy, but whatever. So this is a quote that Panama City Beach Mayor Mike Thomas told to a, a local television station about his job as mayor. It's a horrible job. You need to hire people that aren't fat, don't smoke, and aren't going to get pregnant. And that way you can save us money, he said during a public meeting. (laughs) Mayor Mike Thomas, get a hold of yourself, man. Come on the show. Yeah, we'll talk to Mayor Mike Thomas, too. Can we get a phone interview with Mayor Mike Thomas? Ooh, we're going to get a phone interview with Mayor Mike Thomas, and I'm going to put a FOIA request in for the body camera tape for Kirk's arrest. Yes, thank goodness Kirk did not end up getting charged. Yes. They brought the guy who he slapped to the house to identify him? That's a that's a typical move that you see on like cops and stuff like that in like really low-level, just shitty police work. But it's terrible. It was. It was really bad. Sounds like none of these shows really made us that happy this week. No, I mean, all, our, all of our guilty pleasure quote-unquote shows were somewhat... Uh, the lackluster, I guess, would be the best way to describe it. I didn't dislike any of them, but I can't really get excited about any of it either. Which makes our discovery of teachers so damn exciting. Summer jam alert. Summer jams were back because teachers was overlooked. Teachers came into our life via the overextended DVR recording of Younger, my original Summer Jam show. And we caught the first two minutes of the most recent episode. And it was hilarious. So we decided to give the whole series a try. And we sped through season one in the last week. How would you describe teachers to people who are like, oh, it's a show on TV land? Imagine the show was on Comedy Central... And it was called Workaholics, and it starred women who were about five to ten years older than the cast of Workaholics, and were equally as funny. It's really funny. It really is. And it's it's too raunchy to be a network comedy. Sure, yes. But I think it lives perfectly on TV Land. I think people are sleeping on TV Land. They might Tune be. in. I think TV Land is sleeping on TV Land. I think this might be less of an audience problem and more of the channel's refusal to accept that it isn't just reruns of Golden Girls and MASH or whatever it was. I have to say, though, I'm disappointed that Teachers is not available on any streaming services. No, te- Younger been- is. What's it available on? Hulu? Mm-hmm. But not Teachers? Mm-mm. That's bogus. I know, it's really funny. Thank goodness we have cable and can catch up on DVR and Xfinity On Demand. Yeah, no, Teachers has been a fine for us. I mean, it, it's been sort of, you know, uh, slow going as far as scripted television shows this summer, with the exception of Succession. Uh, but we saw, like... I don't know. We were we watching younger. And we just happened to see like five minutes of an episode of like the I end. I literally of it. just said that. Oh, sorry. I said the DVR overextended and recorded the first two minutes of Teachers. I wasn't listening. I'm sitting right across from you. I'm staring at a picture of Kevin O'Leary, Mister Wonderful from Shark Tank. He's going to be in Denver on August 13th, and I think we should go. No. All right then. Um. So yeah, we really like teachers. I did a little bit of research on the show today because I was curious. 
Well, yeah, because there's like essentially no information. Like there, there's been no promotional campaigns. I don't know who any of the actors or actresses are. First of all, the show only has a five point nine out of ten on IMDb, which is highly offensive. Yeah, we don't we don't get down with that. We I give it an eight point five at least. So I did some research today, and from Decider.com, this I don't I don't know what it is. Uh, well, yeah, yeah, you know, whatever. You yeah. Take what you can get. Here is what their write-up of the show is. <clears throat> Quote. <clears throat> Stop. What was, what was I was just noise? clearing my... I still have pool water is in my nose. Jayism? Just stop it. From Decider, in a noisy media landscape where cable comedies are having a difficult time getting noticed, Teachers is a modest hit. The season two premiere in January was TV Land's most watched original episode ever, according to Nielsen Data, and the show has held its overnight ratings above 500,000 viewers through the first several episodes of the new season. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, that's like, you know, several hundred thousand less than what we get per episode as far as viewership or listenership goes. Considering Younger is their more promoted show well, yeah, how for does that, teachers how does that to... Half a million well, I don't. Younger. It says has held its overnight ratings above five hundred thousand. So I don't know what its season premiere rating was, but for it to be higher than Younger is pretty impressive. But it was probably boosted by the lead-in of Younger. Probably. It's an excellent pairing of shows. Sure. I actually want to watch right now. I want to stop recording and go watch Younger. It's the Charles episode. I don't know what that means. Younger fans will get it. So here is the backstory on the cast who are also the creators. Caitlin Barlow, Katie Colleton, Catherine Renee Thomas, who goes by Katie, Kate Friedman, Kate Lambert, and Katie O'Brien. There's no fucking way that all of their names are Kate. Yes. Or Katie. All had day jobs in 2008. One worked at Starbucks and was a yoga instructor. Another worked at a medical supply company. One was actually a Chicago public school teacher. At night, they all took improv classes at different theaters around town, but most of them didn't know each other until Barlow assembled them for a one-off show at the Playground Theater. That led to another show and another, eventually a run at... That led to another show and another and eventually a run at IO Theater, which is when they decided to start calling themselves the Katie Dids. Wait, what? Katie Dids. I don't like that. Well, that's what they call themselves. They... They created a web series and pitched it, and Allison Brie got attached as a EP, and that's how the show got sold to TV Land. Isn't that similar to the Workaholics model? Didn't they operate a, a web series before they got picked up on Comedy Central? I suppose. So. I, I mean, I'm, I'm not denigrating that model. I'm just saying it's similar to the comparison we already made. <laughs> so they're all women that go by Kate or Katie. Which is hilarious. Actually, this goes towards my one and only knock on the show. Which is? Some of the characters are hard to differentiate from one another. Oh, I disagree. No, there are at least two that occupy essentially the exact same space as far as character goes. Who? Uh, Cecilia, who is sort of the uber progressive you know uh 
liberal crusader and Adler, who is like the goth. Those are different. I understand that there are differences. However, I don't know that we needed two characters that occupy that particular space. Yes, because one is a hippie who's really nice and very liberal. The other is the mean goth. They're different. If anything, I would say Mary Louise and Caroline are the two more similar ones. They're both blonde, preppy, uptight women. Maybe maybe what we're speaking to is just sort of a difference in taste because I really enjoy both Mary Louise and Caroline as individual characters and could sort of take or leave Adler and Cecilia. I really enjoy all of them. I'm just you, I, saying that in terms of occupying similar character space i would argue that caroline and mary louise occupy a, a more of a circle even diagram than cecilia and deb fine your face is a circle even diagram hot dad you look like hot dad do i yeah hot dad rules <laughs> I don't even think we know Hot Dad's name. I don't, but let's but, talk about some of the the like side characters. Yeah, because Hot Dad's son is the excellent character from Fresh Off the Boat, whose yeah. name I don't know, unfortunately. The Cleveland Browns fan. Yes. The kid from Fresh Off the Boat. Who, whose IMDb is pretty long, I bet. He's in a lot of stuff. He is. Isn't he? Let's he, name stuff until you guys... It registers for you listeners. Trent from Fresh Off the Boat. Uh, What's his name? The actor's name? Yes. Oh, his name is Trevor Larcom. L-A-R-C-O-M. Who, if you don't recognize from Fresh Off the Boat, where he is very funny and wears a very, very cool Cleveland Browns jacket... You'll recognize him as the tragic hero of uh, the second season of True Detective, where he played Colin Farrell's son. M- more. All right. You don't want him to. You don't, you, you, I didn't watch True Detective. All right. He was on Fresh Off the Boat. Oh my God! We established that. I'm not seeing that many more. Uh, Fuller House. He was Mankowski. He was in Problem Child, the TV movie version, not the uh, A to Z. A A to Z. He played a character named Young Stew. Modern Family, Arrested Development. I mean, these are one-off parts, but he's been. You would you would recognize him. Yeah, he was Colin Farrell's son. I'm so annoyed. What am I doing? Why am I annoying you? You never watched True Detective? I, I wanted you to like speed read All right, I'll his speed him credits. All right, fine. But we've already done it. No, no, no. We've already done it. We're moving on to people that you might recognize a little better. Jesse Bradford from Bring It On. Cliff. Oh, yeah. Cliff. He, Cliff song. And his fiance is played by Lacey Chabert. Fantastic. Allison Brie guest stars. Rob, Rob Corddry. Corddry yeah. If you watch The Good Place, Pillboy. Pillboy. And the guy who plays the principal is also in oh, in everything yeah. after. He, yeah, I feel like he was in like every like Comedy Central sketch show from like 
2001 to 2005. Bottom line, it's really funny. I mean, the revelation is these six women who I've never even seen anywhere else before who are freaking hilarious. They are great. Supported by an equally hilarious cast. I am so excited that we get 20 episodes in season two and three. Yeah, I'm pumped. You guys should watch it. We need to bump that half a million up to like five, ten million. We're telling you to watch Teachers, and in exchange, you'll tell someone to listen to our podcast. That's a fair trade. Like, tell two people, actually. Yeah, because one of them probably will ignore you the way that I do to Carly when she talks to me, so she just gave me the finger. You can't see that because it's an audio medium. Don't hold my hand right now. This is our hand-holding segment. Don't hold my hand. I'm less holding her hand and more restraining the middle finger. I'm more trying to keep the middle finger down than I am holding her weird fist. You're not even doing that well. It is up. There it goes. Why is your fist so small? What could you possibly accomplish punching somebody with such a small fist? (laughs) It's like a mosquito bite fist. Okay. (laughs) Watch teachers. Yes, do it. Take my word for it, not hers. (laughs) Should we move on to our other bit? Sure. It's B-O-T-W, bit of the week. Is that our new segment, bit of the week? Mm Mm-hmm. Bit of the week. Oh, if we're going to sing, we should sing our... Cliff song, very like our rendition of the Cliff song. No, we shouldn't. Yeah, we should. We shouldn't. Come on. No. Torrent. That's not our version. That's just the version well, of I it. I know, but we should do like a rendition of it just for the fans. No. Right. Catch it on our page. It'll be a Patreon exclusive. Lucas and I duetting on Torrent's "Can't Stand Your Cheerleading Squad" by. Cliff. Cliff. Carly's actually a very good singer. No, I'm not. Yes, she is. No, I'm not. Um, so Bring It On came out in what, like 2001? 2000? Uh, actually, this is a pretty good segue. That's what I was trying to do without saying it's a segue. Oh, Jesus. Right then? Yeah, I, I think it did come out in 2001. So I was nine. What? What? I was ten. I was 14. I had a crush on Cliff. Did you have a crush on anyone in that movie? Yeah, Cliff. (laughs) Rules. Uh, Who else was I going to have a crush on? Not Cliff? Torrance? No, Cliff. I said it. I didn't stutter. Missy? Cliff. Come on. You had to have a crush on one of the cheerleaders as well. Uh, No. He had... A Clash poster and a Cramps poster. Is your list of TV childhood crushes going to be All guys? guys? Yes. It better not. This is going to take a weird turn. (laughs) For the record, Bring It On came out in 2000, so... I was nine. I was still somewhere around 14. (laughs) No, yes, of course. Kirsten Dunst was fantastic. Uh... You know, uh, What's-Her-Face was also great. Are you embarrassed to say her name? Elijah Dushku, I don't know that I'm pronouncing that right, was very beautiful. Anecdote. 
So when that movie came out, and then she was in that show, like, Hell Angel or something, or Angel Fly, or Dark, Dark, Dark no, Age. no, that was Jessica Alba. What was Eliza Dushku in? It was one of those terrible Fox shows, but I know what you're talking about. It kind of gave, like, boys in middle school the license to say douche a lot. <laughs> Did, were you called an Elijah Dushku? A little bit. You're such a Dushku, Carly. It was a painful time. I'm sorry for... Also, the you. gauntlet was on when I was in middle school. The MTV Challenge, the gauntlet. And these two boys decided that anywhere I sat in class, my desk was always the gauntlet. Was that like... I didn't know what it meant. And that was part of the, that was part now. of the torture. They would just say, like, Carly's sitting in the gauntlet. Creepy. I know. Your middle school sounds terrible. It was hard. Shout out to Mayfield Woods. It was hard for a gawky, braces-having, didn't-know-how-a-hair-straightener-worked 12-year-old. Well, as an adult that... As having some severe tooth problems right now. I wish I had braces in middle school. I didn't. I had perfectly straight teeth. And now my teeth are fucked, so... Well, in middle school... We all, we all know you had a girlfriend. But did you have crushes? I did. Tell on, me about... On my girlfriend. Of course. <laughs> Tell me about your fictional character crushes. What would you like to hear? <laughs> like, in-depth... Like I'm talking about the GD list <laughs> that we both assembled for this segment. Oh, sorry. I thought we were going to do like some hot riffing. All right. We've got ourselves a... I might cut all of that. <laughs> you should. It's terrible. We've got ourselves a fun segment this week where we are going to discuss our childhood TV crushes. It's going to be fun because while Carly and I are relatively close in age, we are far enough apart that the television stars of our youth are likely going to be quite different. So let's get into it. Who's your number one? Or let's, how many do you have? I guess three. Oh, okay. I got like 14. So (laughs) So I'll narrow it down. I couldn't really think of that many. What are you talking about? I don't know. All right, I'll start. Now that we're not talking about teachers, I'm not having fun anymore. All right, we'll cut this segment and save it for next week. (laughs) No, no, I'm kidding. All right, I'll start. Number three. Larissa Olenek, star of Nickelodeon's the Secret World of Alex Mack as the titular Alex Mack. That was such a good show. Speaking of Bring It On. I mean, did she do anything besides just melt into that mercury puddle? Yeah, she wore cool hats. Okay, but did she have a power? Yeah, she could transform into liquid metal and reform anywhere she wanted. And she had a best friend who was an alien. And she wore cool hats. And she was beautiful. And what I I'm hearing her. is that you want me to wear more hats. Are you Alyssa Olenek? No? <laughs> then stay off the hat game. 
Your pick. Eric Von Detten. Who the hell is that? He was on the Disney Channel original series, So Weird. <laughs> he was also in the, D- the DCOM, Brink. What's a DCOM? A Disney Channel original movie. Ew. And what he, they called him? Yeah. And he was the... What's he look like? Show me a picture of this fella. And he was in Princess Diaries. Princess Ride? Princess Diaries. Uh, whatever. He looks lame. He looks like a poor man's De- Devin Sawa. He was very dreamy. Fair enough. To a tween Carly. I'm going to go way back. And this show was another Nickelodeon show that I think I only watched in... Follow up. How do you think your childhood crushes... I want you to talk about how you think your childhood crush has aged since crushing on them. I'll go first. Eric hasn't aged well. I haven't seen Larissa Lanix since... Mad Men. Okay, you're right. She looked fantastic, so great. This is one of those shows that I think I probably only saw in reruns because it only ran for like a couple of years and I was probably only like four years old, but it, it, it re-ran during like uh, your Salute Your Shorts and uh, Are You Afraid of the Dark years of Nickelodeon. But the character's name was Melody Hansen, played by a young actress by the name of Christine Taylor. You remember her? She's separated from Ben Stiller. You're right. She became very famous, but... In the early 90s, she was on Hey Dude, and she played a lovely member of the Bar Nun Ranch by the name of Melody Taylor, who I was infatuated with as a young man. How does she look now? I don't know. Google her. I I can't. I actually just saw a picture of her on People.com because she and Ben were sighted together. She looks fine. Fair enough. She looks fine. I'll take it looks great with looks fine. This is sort of a deep cut for my next one. Did you ever see the Mary Kate and Ashley movie Holiday in the Sun? No. I would rewatch all of the Mary Kate and Ashley movies if they were on a streaming service in a heartbeat. Look at this picture of the cast of Hey Dude. Can you stop doing that? Like, we are moving on. You have to stop. Fine. <laughs> All right. Holiday in the Sun, Mary-Kate and Ashley. No, oh, no. Shit, I, just, I should have picked Mary-Kate and Ashley. I just start I all a... over. Like, when we have moved on, we have moved on. Fine. Stop yelling at me. Well, stop going, stop taking us backward every time. All right. We get charged by the minute for our hosting. The guy who played Jordan Landers... The love interest for one of the twins. I don't remember which because I haven't seen that movie in so long and I would kill to. But he was such a babe. (laughs) That movie also had Megan Fox in it. Really? It did. So his name is Ben Easter. And he's still looking really good. Last pick? Yeah. Number one with an absolute bullet. We are going to Beverly Hills or shit. Damn it. Just do it right. <laughs> Number one with an absolute bullet. We are going to Bel Air, California. And I'm going to take Miss Ashley Banks, Miss 
Tatiana Ali. I thought you were going to go with Cher. Hell no. I'm going with Ashley. Tatiana Lee. She was awesome. And also far closer to my age. Uh, and also Alicia Silverstone would have been on my list, but that's not television. That's a movie. Why is it getting so like testy? Like, Because three times during this podcast you have interrupted me to jump backwards. Whatever. Are you going to deny... That Ashley Banks. No, it's was a great awesome. pick. That's a great pick. I'm going a twofer for my final one because I can. Are you gonna pick the twins that were like were the kids in like Big Daddy and were also on like that Good God no. Okay. I'm picking Will Friedell and Matthew Lawrence from Boy Meets World. Oh, of course you are. So You're a heck. So dreamy. Yeah, I could have picked Topanga. I could have picked Angela. I love. I, I read. I recently rewatched most of Boy Meets World. I know you did. Why do you say it so judgmentally? Because you're a heck. That show's great. Fine, then I'm going to scrap all of my list and pick Topanga, Angela, that one redhead from the college years. All of the girls from Boy Meets World. Why do you think that's hurting my feelings? It's not. I don't, why would I want to hurt your feelings? I love you. It seems like you're doing it to spite me. Yeah, they were awesome. They were great. I'm just teasing. Neither has aged super great, but... It's interesting that you pick somebody other than Ryder Strong, because, I mean, obviously that's the number one seed. I was never really a a Sean guy. Do you like Eric? Sean girl. Or the Eric brother guy? Sean's brother. Who who the hell played... Matthew Lawrence played Sean's brother. I know. Do you like him or Eric better? Probably Eric because I like his personality, but Matthew Lawrence is like way hotter. <laughs> like way, way, way hotter. <laughs> Who is hotter, Joey Lawrence or Matthew Lawrence? Matthew Lawrence. How about Joey Lawrence, Matthew Lawrence, or Topanga Lawrence? Of the Lawrence triplets. <laughs> Danielle Fischel. She had a rhyming name. And she was a Lawrence. No, definitely Matthew Lawrence. He was like the hottest guy on that show. He, he Besides appeared... Angela's dad. Who was Angela's dad? He's like the army guy. Like Sort of like a Morris Chestnut type. Yeah. I don't remember him, but I imagine that's probably what he looked like. <laughs> Angela ruled. I mean, I if we would have, have expanded our list, well, I did expand my. But if I were allowed to have said my entire list, Angela would have been on it. Topanga would have been on it. I've got some Boy Meets World characters as well. So what about um, Rachel from Boy Meets World? Linda Cardellini. Love Linda Cardellini. Was she on your list? No, because freaks those, and geeks. Well, I know, but that was. Be, that was when I was a teenager, so I wasn't a kid. We're doing our like kid crushes. Linda Cardellini, Freaks and Geeks, of course would have been on my list. Busy Phillips would have been on my list. But those were all like when I was sort of a young young teen boy. A, st- a strapping young teenage man. I'm glad I didn't meet you when you were a teenager. Me too. <laughs> glad you didn't meet me when... You wouldn't have even looked in my direction... When I was a teenager. 
Damn right. Well, probably because mostly because you would have been 18 or older. (laughs) (laughs) That would have been creepy as fuck if I did. Oh, speaking of creepy as fuck, I had an honorable... Can you not swear so much my mom listens to this? Sorry, Katie. I had an honorable mention that was a... um, Lucy Camden from uh, Seventh Heaven, but I left it off because I didn't want to taint my list with like the stench of pedophilia for Reverend Camden, but she was also on my list. I know a lot of people of that show were really into the Jessica Biel character. I was more of a Lucy guy myself. How creepy would it have been if I said I was a Ruthie guy? It's just as creepy as... When you just did say it. <laughs> it sounded just Damn as it. creepy as you thought it would. Oh, shit. Apologize. Sorry, sorry Katie. Apologize to my mother. One of our few <laughs> listeners. We can't lose her. Do you have an ending for us then, professional broadcaster? We love you. Thanks for listening. Nailed it. Basic Cable is hosted and produced by Carly and Lucas, but let's be honest, Carly does most of the producing. Lucas does most of the making hilarious that keeps you coming back for more. Music provided by Ben Sound Music. Thank you so much for your royalty-free music. It sounds great. You can get it at bensoundmusic.com. Please like and subscribe to our podcast podcast you can find it on itunes you can also reach us at basic cable pod on twitter and basic cable pod at gmail.com yeah any parting words Shut the fuck up! what are you saying